Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that, that seems to be the decision. All down. Road. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. Weather was good enough today in Michigan. We could have went racing. Uh, we're getting that uh, little bonus summer activity, but don't worry. Turkey time's in a couple of weeks. We'll have snow on the ground before we know it. We'll be talking about ice racing. But tonight, we're talking about real racing. And uh, some of it happening down in the south. Let's take a look at what's happening in the Motor City Minute. Dryden, Michigan native Katie Hettinger is still writing her name in the history books, but now she's doing it behind the wheel of their privately owned equipment. She became the first female to win in the Carolina Pro Late Model Series on Saturday, taking home the win in the fall brawl at Hickory Motor Speedway. She's headed for South Carolina. And the uh, 400 lapper coming up this Saturday at Florence, and which uh, we might have to talk about that more a little bit coming up in just a moment. Stephen Nassi continued his string of good finishes since partnering with Anthony Campy Racing Connection, maybe, uh, as he picked up the win with Governor's Cup on Sunday at New Smyrna Speedway. Nassi has two wins since the partnership began at Five Flags Speedway back in September. And mind you, this was a race that Nassi had to come from the back, not once, but twice, and uh, some pitch strategy played out in that as well. Those things and more happening in a Motor City Minute. Good evening, welcome in, I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way, Rich. And first and foremost, I do want to mention, notable for you Katie Hettinger fans, she was in a black Chevrolet performance, number 71, this weekend down at the Fall Brawl at Hickory Motor Speedway. I wonder if uh, it hasn't been officially announced yet if that Anthony Campy partnership may have been a one-year tenure. I, I'm thinking that with with anything she wanted to run, that Anthony Campy was just for the Cars Tour events, is what what I believe. So I hadn't heard anything different. I don't. I have not seen her race that Anthony Campy car at any other race except a Cars Tour event. So uh, that might be the reason why she was in her in her own machine um, for that event this weekend. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh... We wanted to get Chris Hettinger on. Uh, we've never talked to Chris on the show, her dad, and obviously the son of uh, USAC Hall of Famer. So uh, we wanted we to get have him once. That's we, right. We at the Elaine Automotive Safety Summit, I think we talked to him. Um, um, at, at, the, at the automotive show in Novi. Yes. When we had, when, oh, when we had there's the a stage. throwback. There you go. There's that's, a throwback. Yeah, that's yeah. what, three, four years ago? Wow, that's, yeah. been, a, that's been a minute. Um, okay, Rich, well, uh, let's talk about this. Some schedules being dropped this week like like a wet noodle 
and it all kind of started at the tail end of last week for the Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Models. Their schedule is on the board, and Rich, it's a pretty good one. Obviously, it's heavily littered with Owasso Speedway, which I don't think is a surprise. Bertrand Speedway in there as well, uh, but they did get a couple sanctioned races at Kalamazoo and Berlin, which helps kind of mix things up. Your thoughts on this schedule that was released here uh, let, let, tail end of last week? Well, I don't know. I, I, I guess the only thing that, that's weird for me is you work on these cars all winter long and you start out in May, which there not a lot of races in April anyway, but you come out in May and you're running back to back at Birch Run and Owasso right out of the gate for the Reveal of the Hammer. Um, that's a tough one, I think, just for me. But uh, it's on the schedule. And then, uh, cool, adding Kalamazoo first week of June. And then, uh, obviously, on my birthday, which is going to be really cool, I might have to take the day off and uh, go to Owasso for the Bob Finley Memorial on June 19th. Um, and then they're for the 4th of July, Ju uh, July 6th at Ber Berlin. Berlin, bringing the Outlaws back. We know they weren't there this year, but Berlin Raceway, bringing the Outlaws back one time. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the one time I think is okay for them. They have a lot going on on their schedule, and... I think it makes it more special, too, right? I mean, Owasso's doing their thing, and that's totally fine. Uh, Berlin, they've got their limited late model class. They've got their super late model template cars that they run on a regular basis. I think it's cool that they've at least got uh, Reveal the Hammer coming um, for at least one show. And, and Kalamazoo, I love the fact that they said, okay, we're not running these cars on a regular basis anymore. We'll let a sanction come in and help us out. Yeah, it's, it's really good because it was – if you take those two tracks out, now you have a Bertrand Owasso Challenge Series. That's all you have. Right. You, you had to have more than that. That can't be a whole tour cannot be two racetracks um, because that, I, in my opinion, that's not growing anything. Um, that's just going to two tracks and, and using updates there. So I think it's a good thing having Kalamazoo and Berlin on the schedule. I you know, you know who's flagrantly missing from the Reveal the Hammer schedule and has been since their inception is uh, Flat Rock Speedway. And I I'm intrigued by that just for the fact that they're the only place left that runs them on a weekly basis. Why would it be such a hard or bad thing to just bring them there for one time uh, out of the year or something just to get some of those guys to come from the other side of the state or vice versa and see what's going on at Flat Rock? Well, I mean, it started out back in the day, our, uh, you know, Flat Rock and Toledo used to have the Arca Gold Cup series, and it was a combination of events between Flat Rock and Toledo. And they added some, you know, I mean, they had one at Spartan, I think. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, it's, it's a regular weekly division. They have some historic races, a couple of historic races that they call their own. And, um, you know, it's been, their opinion is that, you know, I mean, obviously over the years, they really don't want to share the Stan Yee Memorial 150 or the Joy Fair Memorial 100. Uh, they like to keep that as their own. So maybe we'll see it one day. Um, I, I know that they're, I, I'm, from everything that I'm seeing, they're not scheduling these on top of one another, where there's a Reveal the Hammer event uh, on top of one of those two events. Um, I'd like to call out some of those guys that do that. Come on over and race the Stan Yee 150. Uh, I mean, Steve Needles used to come over all the time. Brian Burgaker's been coming over the past several years. Uh, Justin Clarity, um, you know, it. There's some guys that come over. We just we just need a little more, um, and just have an awesome show as well. They're they're talking. You know, we'll we'll talk, but uh, we'll talk with Mark a little bit. But 
you know, it seems like some of the guys go over there, but just having trouble getting the west side guys to come to the east side. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, uh, there it is. <clears throat> there it is. Reveal the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Model schedule. Uh, Rich, uh, 10 races strong. As you mentioned, uh, it's not the Owasso Birch Run Challenge Series. We break it up with Kalamazoo and Berlin. Um, Fall Nationals at Owasso. Bob Finley Memorial scheduled now <clears throat> to be at Owasso Speedway and not as part of the Owasso Nationals. June 19th, the key date there. You mentioned Kalamazoo, June 7th with the Marty Jones Memorial and uh, then the Owasso Fall Nationals on 9-21. Yeah, I think it was cool. Um, I think it, it was all right as a replacement to have the Bob Finley Memorial, you know, as part of the Fall Nationals, but uh, giving it a standalone night, uh, that's that's pretty awesome. All right, let's keep it rolling tonight on uh, what has been kind of a, uh, it's going to end up being a, a almost pavement exclusive show. We might have to get some dirt guys in here at some point to break this up, but uh, we move on now to our first interview of the night. And he makes his home in Schoolcraft, Michigan. He has arguably three championships to hang his hat on in 2023. We'll talk about that and more coming up uh, from Schoolcraft, Michigan. Back on Horsepower Happenings for the second time this season. Mark Shook, welcome back, sir. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. You get two in one season on Horsepower Happenings. That says something. You've done something. And, uh, man, for Outlaw Super Late Model Racing here in, in, in 2023, I don't think that there were many people who were doing more than you were as far as being competitive and being in the running for some of some of the biggest races in the season. Um, just when you look back on 2023, do you remember it as being as dominant of a performance as I do when you were behind the wheel of that 14 car? Uh, I mean, it was definitely a few races, you know, it, it was no doubt about it. It was, it, the old 14 machine was definitely, you know, right out of the money and it was dominant, but there was definitely, we had to work hard at it and it was, yeah, it was a crazy, it was obviously thankful. Uh, it was a great season for us. And uh, I'm, you know, I just, I looking back, it, I just really, especially, you know, like, with Birch Run, you know, I started off the season like that. I mean, I just didn't think I was going to be able to – I've ran there twice before that. But to be able to start the season with a win and, you know, that really kind of – that really kind of started off our season with a bang. It kind of gave us a lot of momentum to – kind of just keep rolling and uh, keep moving on with the season. 13 events are registered on uh, the My Race Pass app, which is the easiest thing to look at when you're trying to look at statistical numbers. Um, one time, one time you finished outside of the top 10 in in completed events here for, for 2023, and it was at Owasso Speedway in July. It took you until July to have a bad night. Prior to that, Owasso Speedway 7th, was the worst that you had finished. That's why I say, do you remember it being as dominant as I remember it? Because first, third, seventh, second, second, then you've got the forgettable night at, at Owasso, July 15th, you finished 16th. Bounce right back uh, at New Paris with the Summer Sizzler win. And, and again, there's other things in there probably that are missing off of the My Race Pass app. Um, third at Birch Run again. Kalamazoo, you get another win. Owasso Speedway runner-up back on the podium at Birch Run. Fifth at Owasso during the uh, Finley Memorial Weekend and second to finish out the year at Springport. With other events mixed in there as well, giving you such a, a dominant or really just a competitive season. Was there any moment where you looked at this and thought, 
we can't be beat, or do you were you able to stay humble through that? Um, you know, I was always pretty humble because you know the guys we're racing are really tough. So, you know, like Brian, he's he's a <laughs> he's a tough competitor, and you know Phil, Andy, you know you get these guys. It, 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 it's a you know, it's a tough they're they're a tough battle. So, you know, there's definitely a few times where you know I felt I was you know. I mean, I I hate that. I don't like the you know, but I felt pretty dominant, you know. But well, it's hard too, yeah, right? You don't want to be the cocky guy that says, <laughs> "Yeah, damn right, we're the best car here." Good luck to everybody else. But you know, but sometimes, I, I, it, a, listen, a, listen. A, Jerry Reed made a career off of songs like that. One of them is "When You're Hot, You're Hot," and and that's just straight facts. Yeah, no, I I, I was, and there was a time I was really hot and i mean but at the same time i'm i understand you know it you know the, the, the you know the, the bad comes with the good sometimes so there's some bad things that happen but luckily we like you said we were had we we're mechanically the car was always made it through the races there was one time we had to pull off we had an issue but it was definitely i mean it was we had a season that i mean is like i said it's you're thankful for because there's a lot of stupid things that can happen to you during your season. You know, obviously accidents, somebody driving into you, uh, you know, uh, mechanical issues where you can't you can't finish the race, doesn't run a run, too hot. And our car never did that. It was always perfect. It just just wanted to keep on trucking and um, you know, really just always depended on me to, you know, really finish the race and see where we're at at the end. I gotta go back to one race that that, that Zach didn't list because we were there and I thought that the race was yours if you didn't have to go to the back and pit and drive all the way back through and that's the Kalamazoo clash um you know Brian had a good car that night but you drove through the whole field without a lot of help um is that one you'd like to have back oh yeah absolutely that, that was that was definitely a big stinger but um you know just knowing how good we were I just, I'm, I'm going to be back. So it's like, it's like, you know, I, I didn't get it this year and Brian's been digging. He, he's been waiting a long time for his first one, you know? So, you know, I, I, you know, obviously I deserve a, I guess a few uh, heartbreakers before I get that big one. And, you know, I expect nothing less next year. So I expect to be, you know, where I was last year and, you know, I'm coming to is, it's really it's been really good to me, and I really love that racetrack. And it's—I don't care what anybody says—it's the raciest track around. So, um, but it's—it's—I can't wait. And, and amongst the other racetracks too, I mean, I can't wait to obviously go back to Owasso and Bertrand, and obviously it looks like uh, we're going to Berlin next year. So, um, you know, it's gonna be—it's gonna be exciting for next year. I can't wait. You know, you talk about Kalamazoo and and that that kind of tough break that you had there. I I was Rich, you and I were sitting there together watching this race where where Mark has this problem, and you know he kind of gets tied up in this little incident coming off a of turn two, and I can't remember which one of us said to the other one, "He's not out of this race yet." As good as that race car was, he's not out of it. Um, and I know we talked to you about this. I think it was back in the spring when we had you on the first time, but how? how much of what you do inside that race car, did you have to really sit yourself back kind of third person it for a second and say, all right, Mark, calm down. Cause you still got a badass race car and a lot of time left 
to try to get back through the field? Um, I'm not gonna lie, I was panicking at first, <laughs> you know, but with the you know getting lit, with with the late entry on the racetrack when they were going green, but there was a few things I wish I would have done a lot different there, you know, because I feel like I could have done a few things and saved myself a lot tire, but. You know, at the same time, I feel like, you know, at least to the fans, it sounds like at least put on the show, you know, so at the worst part, you know, didn't, you know, obviously I didn't, uh, wasn't able to get the win, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't deserve it. I mean, I had to pull in and then if I didn't get involved in that wreck, that was, my, it was, it was ours to win, but I got involved in that wreck and that's on me. So I need to obviously, you know, just, just be a little bit more alert and be more just, it's on the wheel, so if I don't don't get involved in that situation again, and I would have never been in that, you know, never had a problem, and it, it's, the clash would have been, I wholly hundred percent guarantee it would have been ours, and that just that's just something just you know we'll work on, and that's something I like to I pride myself on just being like a driver awareness, and I want to know where I'm at on the racetrack at all times com- compared to my competitors, and. You know, I just feel like I need to I that night I slipped a little bit and but I will be better and I'll learn and then we'll just move on. Let's talk about another uh championship battle that you were locked up in. So Kalamazoo Speedway didn't officially have a championship season for Outlaws. Uh if you go on their website or uh, what have you, and you look at standings, you are at the top of the board there, but not officially uh, a championship run. But what was official was Reveal the Hammer and the Grand Slam series down at Plymouth. I want to start with Grand Slam uh, because that's south of the border. You get some of the guys that you aren't necessarily seeing all the time up here in Michigan. Um, four races, four different winners for the Grand Slam series at Plymouth Motor Speedway. It took you the second race of the season to get the win, and then after that, Steve Needles was coming for you. Jeff Gannis ends up getting the last win of the season. And it came down to you and Steve, just 19 points separated the two of you. Um, how much fun were those Grand Slam races? Big money, big competition, and uh, some pretty big paychecks at the end of it all. Uh, they were great. I mean, we had some, definitely some epic, epic battles. Um, yeah, me and Steve, he, he, did a, he did a nice move on me. On the, it was actually the second one. He he passed me with about ten to go. Uh, he made a hell of a move, passed me for the win. You know, congrats to him. But um, the third one, we ended up getting the win, um, and we were we were dominant. <laughs> we were so fast that, that it didn't matter, and uh, which was um, it was it was badass. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, the fourth one, we we were fast as hell again, and we got into a uh, a race, I, I guess, a supposed racing deal. <laughs> and, uh, hey, it, hey, it, hey, it, hey! The, it this is me. this is the off season. This is no time to bite your tongue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, you know, I like to be, I guess, somewhat politically correct, but you know, I just don't. You know, I, yeah, it, it was a racing deal. I guess, you know, I don't. I'm not really sure, but there was twenty thousand dollars on the line. So yeah, it was. Uh, there was a. Uh, things i i really disagree on that happened and i'm still i i still at i believe what i still believe then and uh but either way i'm moved on so you know it is what it is and to that uh particular person and and, and team you know i'm just gonna it is what it is so i'm just gonna consider you um you know the next time that 
you know, it, there, there might be a little bit of payback at some point. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying that there's going to be anything, but, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just you know, it, it, you just can't, you just can't allow this stuff, you know, I just feel like you just, I feel like just, just get the, just the dirty driving, you know, the stuff, let's just get it figured out. Let's just, let's just go race and let's have fun and, and, and not tear shit up and, and put on a good show for the fans. And Walk us and through just, what, walk us through what happened in that final one for maybe those who weren't there. Uh, I'm sure there's video of it somewhere on social media that you can go back and watch it. Um, but just from the driver's seat, right? I mean, you guys know whether it's with mirrors or whether it's with radio communication that somebody's coming, maybe that they are a little bit better than you or, or that they're, you know, doing this part of the corner better. Just walk me through step-by-step step what's leading up to what eventually happened. And, and you've done a good job of excluding names and car numbers, and you can keep doing that if you'd like. Uh, but just the series of events that unfolded. Well, I mean, it was just good, hard racing. There's no doubt about it. I'm not, you know, but, you know, we were just racing real hard. And, uh, you know, obviously he thought that apparently, you know, he needed more than more track than what he had. And I was there and he just pretty much just, I mean, just wiped out my nose piece. And it's not, it, it was, it was definitely, you know, it just sucked, man. It's like, it, it could have been avoided. We could have had a hell of a, ending of the race because it was getting down to the point it was just disappointing because i thought we were obviously better than that so but you know it is what it is like i said i'm over it i, I don't care and i'm on the 2024 at this point you know that that stuff you can't just dwell on that stuff that's that that, that that doesn't get you any better so you know we don't care you know we're just gonna race and and have fun and and, and you know just race people how we get raced and i guess that's how where i'm at and i like to race with everybody with respect and i feel like I'm really good at not running into people. I don't like doing that because that tears up my race car. I don't like I don't like getting scratches on my car. So uh, I like to keep it really clean, and I pride myself on driving around people clean and not driving into them. So uh, you know, I just that's what I work on. That's my craft. I feel like you know that's what puts on a good show. Somebody that can drive through the field without driving through somebody. And Mark, this it's a little different. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know this. Um, it's not just regular short track racing in an outlaw. Those cars are not built for any contact whatsoever, right? I mean, you make contact with your nose, you're going to put yeah. yourself out probably. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you know, some of these guys think that they're battering rams, and you know, <laughs> these they, they ain't street stock, fellas. You know, it's it, these things are not battering rams. They're 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 aero they're aero dependent and you cannot screw it up and if you do your your day's done and that's what i'm saying like it's like we just need to get better as drivers you know just come on let's you know you know when somebody's there just i get it it's getting towards the end of the race but you know hold it hold it together let you know let's duke it out when it's the last lap or something but you know it's like i don't know i just feel like there's things that could have prevented it and you know whatever it is what it is like i said i'm over it but you know yeah exactly you just they're not battering rams but you know they're just they're meant to be the way they are and uh yeah you don't really want to screw up that nose piece let's talk about this outlaw super late model class in general mark because uh, you know as well as i do it wasn't long ago where we were wondering where it was going where this class was going there weren't a lot of big races out there they were it seemed like they were hanging on there weren't get the car counts were really low, and now in the last couple of years, um, I don't know that there's a, 
a schedule paying less than, you know, big four or five figures on your schedule. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, it's crazy how it changed in, you know, just a matter of a couple of years, which is awesome. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a matter I, – I mean, a lot of credit obviously goes to, like, Rex Wheeler and those guys that are watching them, man, putting on the shows that they're putting on and willing to do and step out for these outlaw guys is, is awesome. So it's great to see somebody actually in this day and age want to put money into a racetrack, want to repave, want to do the things that he wants to do and make that place into, you know, somewhat of a – you know, just a stadium or, you know, that's it, going to be cool, you know, so – Credit to him. A lot of it goes to him, you know. So it's great. So it kind of with 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 Rex doing that for I feel like as drivers, uh, these promoters feel have a little bit of a they got to do something because they got to do you know well you know this guy's doing this so let's let's you know we got to try to battle. So it's kind of cool, you know. Maybe these guys have a little bit of something. So these we go these other tracks and it's going to be competitive pay, competitive you know this and that and that's what I feel like. You know, starts you know a lot of people think might may think a little bit different, but I feel like you know having somebody that wants to do that really puts a competitive edge to these other promoters that want to do other things and get their tracks better, you know, to compete with what they got going on. Well, that brings us to the uh, reveal the hammer series. That's kind of the last one that we haven't talked about. Um, Rich Mercerow and and obviously, I think that when you look like Rich said at the Outlaw series in the outlaw division reveal the hammer has kind of helped tie everything together. You gave a lot of credit to Rex and I think he deserves a lot of it for what he did with his kind of challenge series and uh, bringing the Chan Finley Memorial to that place, which mother nature helped make that happen. But since reveal has come around, right, we've kind of had this mini tour and it's, it's really helped racetracks not step on each other's toes with these race cars and, and the limited availability that we have of them. And now Reveal the Hammer is probably as, as competitive as it has been since its inception, Mark. Um, talk about racing in that in that series. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of Rich, Donnie, Jeff. Those guys work their ass off. And, it's, and I, you, yeah, a lot of credit definitely goes to them, too. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, they, they put on a schedule that makes sense for the racer, you know, and and just in general, it's just for able to get the East Coast guys race with the West Coast guys. It's always been a battle, right? I mean, so to be able to get these guys to kind of mesh up, get these—I mean, you're getting the best of the best to go to these different racetracks and, and put on these shows. I mean, that's yeah, that's great. And I'm, you know, like I said, definitely credit to you know Rich and Jeff and Donnie, all those guys. Definitely, I mean, they, they, I mean, they, they are building something great and hopefully continues on for the years to come. You know, they, there's no doubt, uh, you know, there's no reason it shouldn't grow. And it sounds like, you know, from what I'm hearing, there's definitely going to be a lot more cars next year. So you get these guys and it looks like, you know, looking at the schedule for 2024, I mean, they had Kalamazoo, Berlin, you know, to the schedule. It's definitely, you know, it's competitive and at least, you're getting a few. You're getting. You're getting these guys to come over to the east coast, or to the excuse me, to the west coast, and you're getting these guys to come over here and and race Kalamazoo, Berlin. You know that that that's cool. You know that's all you really want. You know it seems like we're always going over there to race. So you know, let's get these guys over here. We're race for we we normally race all the time, and uh, 
you know, let's uh, let's have some fun. And you mentioned looking ahead to 2024, Mark. Are you are you doing that? Are you guys? Uh, well, actually, when we called you, you said, "Well, we're just sitting around waiting for the race season to come back." Uh, you know, are you are you guys? Do you have your plan laid out for next season already at this point? It's November 13th. Do you guys know what you're going to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to gonna try to run all the reveal races. And, uh, you know, there's a few back-to-back uh, nights that they have. Yeah. Talk about for, that, right? For, talk about that doubleheader weekend that yeah. they've got <laughs> scheduled, right? That's, that's kind of unheard yeah. of right now in pavement racing. We do it all the time in dirt track racing, but on the asphalt side, uh, my goodness, you guys never go back-to-back like that in a series. You know, some racers racers might do it with their cars and go to two tracks in one weekend but how about that being scheduled like that for the series oh it's definitely gonna be a challenge there's no doubt about it you know and and don't get me wrong we are a bunch of blue collar guys so i mean we don't have we we you know money is i you know obviously you know we race on the winnings we get from the night before so right i mean definitely are blue collar guys that make it work and we do it, and there's obviously challenges, you know, and I understand what, you know, Rich and these guys are doing, you know, as far as schedule-wise, and it, I'm not going to complain, you know, races, let, let's go racing, you know, so we're going to we're gonna try to figure it out. What's the hardest you know? part about, about that for you when they're scheduled back-to-back like that? What is it? Is it, well, the, is it the money? Is it the maintenance? Uh, what, what do you think it is? Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, it's not really, I mean, the money, I mean, we we just got it's 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 the, the the travel distance I guess would be the biggest thing. I mean, I gotta go back and forth. I could stay, you know, but we'd have to you know make sure it, that's as long as you make it, you know, through the 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 night before. And I, I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that you know can take effect if you have two cars. You know, it makes it a little bit easier. You know, right now we got one, but uh, you know we're definitely working on that. So. It, it, I mean, it, it just really just depends, and, you know, it, I'm obviously excited for the challenge, so it's not anything we're not going to back down from. So, you know, I just hope that all these guys, you know, just want to continue to run, and we just get a good series, build a big series for them, because these guys deserve it. You know, we really, really want to, you know, make something of it, and they're trying to do, you know, what we can and to expose this, the outlaw late models, and, because they're, they're really, let's be honest, they're, they're the baddest race, baddest class in the, in, in, in the nation. So I don't care about, you know, template late models and all that stuff. I, I don't give a, I don't care about that stuff. You know, everybody sees it for the birds. The outlaw late models, man, it, it could be something. And it, 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 they're cool to watch. They're fast as hell. And, you know, it's something I hope they just keep on building for years to come. Well, Mark, man, um, first of all, congratulations on your 2023 Reveal the Hammer Championship. Um, and, you know, we got – it was pretty cool. I, You know, I usually don't get to see you that often, and I saw you several times this year. But uh, kind of tell us now who all helps you on that race car and who's on that race car that helps you get down the road all the time. Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, Barton Brooks, Triple B Fabrication, you know, he's – He's he's a guy that pulls all the strings. So I mean, without him, I'm, I, you know, I don't know, I'm not Mark Shook. So he, he's a badass, and uh, he's he's obviously that's the chassis I run. He's building his own chassis now, so that's like you know something that you know I feel like is is huge, and I hope he you know can can continue to help him grow his business, and and uh, something that uh, a lot of guys should look forward to. But 
Um, and Zach Moon, he definitely he helps he helps Spart uh, in the shop, so he helps me on the race car all the time. And he he's definitely without him coming to the racetrack, does whatever you need. He's awesome and his family. Um, so uh, then obviously uh, my wife, uh, I you know without her, you know she's I get away a lot of the nights during the week, and uh, we just actually. I was blessed to actually, uh, uh, we had a, uh, our first baby in May and two weeks later, I was able to get my, get our first win at Birch Run. So the baby got a, got a picture in victory lane and that, that meant so much to me. And, uh, it's different. Like it's when you're single, you know, you're young, you don't really care, you know, but when obviously when times you break down, you're like, all right, we're going to have a kid, have a kid. And then, you know, how the timing worked out a couple of weeks later, you get to go in victory lane and to get to, you know, obviously be in the picture. It's, it's, it was awesome. So it was a great feeling for me. And, um, so it, it so that was, that was definitely a blessing. And, uh, obviously my parents, uh, my mom, she definitely, uh, comes to all the races and, and has a great time. And all my sponsors, um, uh, uh, sweet manufacturing, uh, rescued metals, uh, Crosstown Auto, uh, Irwin Engines, Triple B Fabrication, uh, Max Sports Timing, SWT Excavating. Uh, all these guys, uh, I mean, I wouldn't do it without them. So, um, Cold Relief Lawn Maintenance. These these guys helped me out. Um, I mean, so I'm mean, gonna miss a few, but they they definitely. I mean, without these guys, I wouldn't have it. So, I mean, it, you gotta have the sponsors and the partnerships to be able to do what we do, especially at my level, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to, you know, hit the lottery or something, but uh, until then, we're, gonna, we're just going to blue collar it, and it's great, but it worked out good for us now, and it makes it more satis- satisfying when you do get those wins, and you're racing those big teams that do got the money, and we just, you know, we just keep on trucking, so that's what we like to see, and we have fun doing it. Matt, it's always a pleasure to get a chance. Matt, I just read something else online that I was getting ready for. Mark, uh, we always appreciate getting a chance to uh, chat with you. And, uh, you know, what a, what a season that you've had here in 2023. Do you think that you can ever match what you were able to do or better what you were able to do this year? I mean, are you, are you fired up to see what 2024 has, in, uh, has to offer? Oh, most definitely. I'm, I, there's no... You don't get better, but just staying satisfactory. You just look for better, and I'm looking to be, I'm looking to be the best, and I'm gonna do. Bart, we're my team. We're gonna do whatever it takes to do that, and we're gonna work hard, and we're gonna be. I mean, we want to be at that status. We want to have that name to be. You know, when we unload the car, we want to be everybody to be like, "Oh man, shit, Shook's here." You know, that's what I want it to be, and. They're we're already doing that. I Mark. was going to say, I Mark. think we're there. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there's just, I just, I just need a little bit more, I guess. But I, I'm always, we always want more. And I'm, I'm a very competitive guy. So, I mean, and so is Bart. So at the point we're both competitive like that, we, we want whatever it takes and we're going to do it. So, well, again, Mark, uh, appreciate you taking the time to chat with us tonight. Congratulations on a really, rock solid season in 2023 man it'll be fun to watch and see what you can do in 2024 all right have have a good uh rest of the off season we'll look for you in the spring i appreciate it thanks for having me on guys
Good to catch up with Mark and uh, kind of hear what's going on. He's fired up. I loved the political correctness in reliving Plymouth Speedway, and I also loved uh, the fact that he's trying to balance staying humble but also balance, uh, yeah, we were damn good last year. And that's just that's a fact, Rich. They were really good in 2023. Yeah, I think when you – um, if you're an outlaw super late model and, and you're pulling into a racetrack and you see that 14 car sitting there, um, that ups your game a little bit. How can it not? Um, it just like, and Mark's been on the way up, you know, the past, you know, five, 10 years. I mean, it's like watching Steve needles or Jeff Gannis or, you know, Phil and Andy Bozell pulling a racetrack. You see those guys show up. And you better be on your game or you're going to have a long night. Yep, absolutely, 100%. We talked at the top of the show that it was like schedule week uh, over the last week of, of 2024 schedules being released. Uh, Rich, Midwest Modifieds Tour presented by Wheeler Trucking, joined that list of uh, schedules who have been released. They did that today. Uh, schedule looks like this. We knew this. No shocker here. April 6th will be the season opener at the U.S. Short Track Nationals at Bristol Motor Speedway in Bristol, Tennessee. Then the uh, the standard early April, uh, this one's not early anymore, April 27th, uh, last weekend of April, uh, Ona Speedway in West Virginia. Then Berlin Raceway kicks it off back here at home on May 11th. A new track added to the calendar on June 8th. Salem Speedway will host the Midwest Modified Tour. Then they head to your stomping grounds, Toledo Speedway on June 28th. Birch Run Speedway July 12th, Owasso Speedway on July 27th. Hot Shoe 100 will be August 9th and 10th. That'll be the weekend for the Hot Shoe. That, of course, is not a uh, points-paying event for the Midwest Modifieds Tour. Then the Winchester Speedway uh, World Stock Car Festival September 1st and 2nd. Anderson Speedway on September 28th, and then back to Winchester for Winchester 400 weekend and the Run for the Gun 50 on October 12th wraps up the Midwest Modifieds Tour schedule for 2024. Yeah, uh, one I'm disappointed at, and I hope it's not a one-and-done deal, Zach. You see it missing on there, right? Uh, not back in 2024 at Flat Rock. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was talking to I was talking to Bud and, and Brian down there at Nashville, and I was like, you guys got to get this worked out, man. The fans loved it. It was a great crowd. You guys put on a great show. So uh, hopefully it's not a... Not a one-and-done deal, and they'll be back in 2025. Yeah, you're right. That is uh, glaringly missing. Back to Toledo, though, uh, which I think will be fun, right? They put on a good show at Winchester. I'm sure they'll put on a good show at Salem. Toledo Speedway with the Modifieds, uh, you've seen it. it it's uh, usually pretty entertaining. Oh, oh yeah, they've and they've always put on a great show at Toledo, and that's why, um, you know, you, you always want to bring the Midwest Modifieds to the Modifieds back to Toledo Speedway. Um the fans come when they show up, you know, they, they, those type of cars draw race fans. And, um, it, it, as long as you can find a room on your schedule, you got to put them there. All right. Other things announced, not necessarily schedule rich, but we learned more and you watched the announcements take place live about what we will see when we hit the road, uh, with, uh, with our, with our friends, uh, from, from this region. And, uh, you know, huge thanks to those guys. We'll talk more about that as it gets closer, but, uh, when we hit the road and head for St. Louis here in just a couple of weeks, Rich, we know more about who we will see racing on prelim night now than we did, uh, you know, 48 hours ago. Yeah, because that's what's going to help you get through the weekend, right, Zach? you got to beat these guys on prelim night right. um, to, to get your points to go through the weekend. So they had the drawing. They split them in half. So 
uh, and it was all random draw. I sat there and watched, so there was no, oh, why did they they put these two together on purpose? Right. Uh uh. uh. This was all random draw. So let's, and I'm not going through all 50 some drivers that they drew for each night, but uh, we're going to hit Thursday's headliners. So some of the headliners that, that uh, they drew for Thursday night's prelims Tyler Erb, Hudson O'Neill, Bobby Pierce, Nick Hoffman, Mike Harrison, Jason Fager, Shannon Babb. Pretty solid guys, right? That's a pretty good top of the list. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the, the local guys, uh, the local guys from our region that uh, are going to join that group, Rusty Schlank, Rachel Carpenter, and Truck Series driver Carson Hosevar will also join in on Thursday night. Then you want to go in on Friday? Want to let's, start let's on Friday go, night a Might bit? as well go right to Friday. Might as well Friday just keep it rolling. If you're not going to go through all 50, you might as well just highlight both days. Yeah, yeah. Friday's headliners for their prelims, Jimmy Owens, RTJ, Brandon Shepard, Devin Moran, Ryan Unzicker, Tyler Carpenter, who you have to always look at oh, when it man. comes to the Dome. You have to. Uh, Tanner English, and then uh, other local guy who got hung out by himself, it looks like, on, fr on Friday, Cody Bauer will join that group. And remember, Cody Bauer really kind of took the nation by storm last year. Um, yeah. Really, it kind of started on his prelim night. So um, the small-town guy, the small team, and uh, everybody was kind of rooting for him there by the end of it all. And uh, as we mentioned, thanks to CNT Services, uh, we will be at the St. Louis Dome this winter, giving you that behind-the-scenes coverage of our local connections. Uh, sounds like we'll be uh, on Thursday and Friday night looking at Rusty Schlenk, Rachel Carpenter, Carson Hosovar, Cody Bauer, uh, in addition to some others. Uh, you never know who else will be there. So this is late model prelim night information, right? We'll have Dirt Car UMP Modified guys there, I'm sure, uh, as well, that we know from our area. So we'll be taking a look at that stuff, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll just start to, as, as the more information comes out. I think it's actually technically four weeks away for us, so uh, it's two weeks. After yeah, today's the, the 13th, and the first prelim night's the 14th, so that, that checks out. Yep, so I noticed there's I, – I did notice there's a two-week gap between Gateway and the Derby, so now I'm thinking. Oh, see, <laughs> Gateway uh, – Gateway. the problem with Gateway is it's on birthday week, Rich. As a matter of fact, prelim night number one is on my 29th birthday, so – might have to be careful. <laughs> um, so you're saying don't overdo it at the when I'm at the Derby. Then. Exactly, because uh, <laughs> prelim night number two might require some earplugs and a heavy dose of Tylenol. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I can see 20s are going to be needed. All right, I got 50s, it. 50s, 100s, 50s, uh, uh, whatever, oh, whatever, oh, whatever. You're, <laughs> you're stepping it up on me now. Okay. Whatever you can fit in the wallet, uh, you you might want to bring with you. That, that's usually the way it is. Uh, but that'll be a, that'll be a good time uh, at at the uh, dome. First time for both of us going there. And Zach, so we're kind of after we're now that we're done talking about Gateway till we get up there. That on the, on the phone lines now, we had a gentleman. We met him on the dirt when he was in a dirt late model. Then now he's he's kind of moderated, kind of like Finley a little bit. Back to the pavement, right? Um, had a great 2023 season. He was your 2023 Midwest Modified Store Rookie of the Year. Had a solid season. Makes his home in Augre, Michigan. Michael Alberta Jr., welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Uh, thanks for having me. Man, talk about uh, – let's go back up just a little bit, and then we'll, then we'll get to this year. Um, okay. Obviously, third-generation driver, correct, if I remember correctly? Uh, fourth. Fourth oh, generation. Oh, even deeper history. Wow. So, so take me through. I mean, obviously, when I started announcing, um, I was announcing when your dad raced. 
so so kind of work me through your interest and how you got involved through the family well, tree. Well, I grew up watching my dad and the outlaws race for Tony LeClaire. Um, that's as far as back as my memory goes um, in the 40 car. And I grew up around it. I was there at Auto City and Birch Run pretty much every show that they had. Um, I went with him 90% of the time. And it got me into it. I was hooked on it right away. Uh, I was six years old. And uh, dad was finally ready to put me in a go-kart. And I started flat kart racing when I was six and uh, kind of just took off from there. And uh, I've raced every single year up until now from being six years old in a go-kart. So what now when I when I first met you, I think um, you were in an outlaw or a, a UMP late model. You didn't go just straight to that, did you? No. Um, so I raced a flat cart up until I was 11. And then we felt like it was time to make a switch. And we went up to a lightning sprint, a thousand CC motorcycle motor uh, mini sprint. And I raced that up at Merritt and uh, ran a couple little tracks, Crystal and Cherry, when our, our little group that we ran with ran it. And then near the end of that, the next year, and I was 13, we ran Fairbury and Waynesfield Raceway Park. We raced a couple different tracks down in illinois and indiana ohio and had good success then uh after that i turned 14 and we got into a dirt late model and so the progression for me uh i was introduced to the liberta family much like rich was of being dirt track drivers and really as recently as as a couple of years ago still having quite a bit of success on the dirt in the modified division and you guys were still playing around with the late model for quite some time. How does this progression happen for you guys to kind of refocus and, and be more, I'm going to say it primarily, if not completely now uh, a pavement program, how does that happen over the last few years? Well, um, we started out on the dirt because it was just something new. We wanted to do something different. And, um, but I always grew up watching my dad on asphalt and my grandpa on asphalt. And uh, we got to struggling a little bit, but we were still, we were doing good with what we had. And uh, it just takes so much money and so much work on these dirt late models and the newer dirt cars. There's so much going on with them. It, it's really complicated. Then one thing I found out, power washing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. I like having a clean looking race car all the time yeah um we really try and pride ourselves on having really nice looking race cars and um it just kind of clicked for me where my heart wasn't into the dirt anymore i had my fun and then success in every division that i raced on on dirt for what we had and uh i was just i finally felt like it was time that i wanted to go back to my roots where i grew up racing on the concrete and uh, we did that, and uh, tell you the truth, I have I've never been happier race, racing. I've had so much fun on the asphalt, and uh, I I'm really happy I made that switch. Mike, I don't know if Zach was there or not, but I swear to, I don't know why I'm I'm 60 years old, so my memory. You <laughs> won a UMP late model feature at Merritt, didn't you? Correct, I did. I was there that night. I remember. I didn't think I was yeah. going crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. That was my that was my second win. Um the pre my second year in a dirt late model. 
my white and green late model. I won my first late model race at Tri-City. And then the next year, we had got a new car, the blue and green one. And that was a newer black diamond car. And uh, I won my first late model race at Merritt with it. I have two Durley model wears. I'm going to ask you, so there's some options when you go pavement racing. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Midwest Modifieds Tour, the Modified Division that is uh, has been pretty healthy in Michigan and just continues to get healthier with the sanctioning of the Midwest Mods and the success of that, uh, you know, sanctioning body. Mm-hmm. When when you're when you're stepping out and you're going, okay, I think we're done with dirt. We're going to play with something else. How do you decide what division you're going to go with? Well, with uh, Grandpa, my Grandpa there already having two Modifieds. Um, the car was sitting there and he wasn't using it and. Like you said, the growth of the modified class and the tour and everything that's going on, um, the car counts for mods are great. And I felt like it was a good opportunity to jump into a car that um, that we're going to have good numbers and a lot of good, tough, competitive races to go against week in and week out. And uh, I just I wanted to challenge myself going on to the asphalt and uh, the mod the mods are by far some pretty much I, I would think the hardest car to drive due to the lack of downforce lack of tire and lack, um, lack of lack of everything except for a power plant <laughs> yeah and uh i felt like uh with grandpa already having a mod over there i just went over and asked him if i made the switch to asphalt would he would uh he he let me use the car and we'd be able to get started and uh he said absolutely and uh after that i talked to dad we made the decision to go asphalt we sold out everything what, that we what, had let's let's i want to pause right there what so you go and you borrow grandpa's car and you go racing um yep right i mean if you if this is a flop and, and you're garbage and you're out to lunch you probably don't stay in this division or in pavement racing or or you know the, there's probably not the progression that you had so how was this first go with grandpa's car um well it it's been really well um like the previous year before I raced one race in the mod at Whittemore and I ended up, I don't know. I think I ran like eighth or ninth or something at night, but I really felt like it was something I could take on and I'm not much for being at the back or whatever. I, you know, for what we have, I always want to be competitive. And if it wasn't working, I would, definitely try and work really hard to figure out what would work and what we could do to get better. Um, Cause really after we sold all the dirt stuff, we going to Asheville, that's really, that's all we had. And um, so it, it kind of had to work, but yet I felt like it was something that I could definitely get a handle on and drive. Cause I've well, so that sold. first season with grandpa's car, you still had the dirt stuff though, right? Um, we had the dirt stuff for about two to three more weeks after i made the decision (laughs) okay and my dad was like hey we either go asphalt or you stop and we go back to dirt there's no either or can't be in the middle right so was there a defining moment was there a defining race was there a defining on-track incident that said yep we're we're going asphalt We're we're fully committed was there something that happened um, well, really, for me, it was, you know, my grandpa being at the end of his career, and I never really got to spend time at the track with him like I like to because we were so busy on our own dirt stuff. 
been being on asphalt all my life as a kid and just wanting to spend more time with my grandpa while he was still in a car. And uh, once we went uh, our first couple of weeks, I was fast. I mean, like my very first race on a half mile in the mod of serious race was the downright awesome race last year. And I qualified in the show. And that was like, wow, this is crazy. I didn't think I was going to qualify into the show being my first time ever at Burt's Run. My first big or basically my third race ever in the mod. And out of all the mods that showed up last night for that downright awesome race, I made the show. I was like, we, there's potential here. There's something here. And uh, it's kind of picked up after that. So, you know, when, when I met your dad, that's when he was, a, you know, one of the best outlaw late model drivers in our region, right? Like you said, driving for Tony. Um, and, and around that time, shortly after that, when, when, when he jumped out of the seat, Outlaws started going the other direction, kind of down a little bit, right? And and that's when you were starting to come up in your racing career. Mm-hmm. Now the way outlaws are, the way they're throwing money around uh, all over the state of Michigan for the outlaws. Oh yeah. Any any interest uh, to take the next step from modifieds into an outlaw super late model? One hundred percent. I would love to. That is kind of always been a dream of mine ever since I was a kid with dad racing outlaws. I've always wanted to get up to that level. And uh, I'm re- just really working hard, trying hard, um, doing the best I can. And uh, I feel like if we keep going in the direction that we're going, I think there might be an opportunity to get there. I, I think it's a definite possibility. And uh, if the opportunity comes up to get an outlaw, I would be 100% into it. And uh, I'd want to grab it, grab it by the horns and take it on and see what we got. You said that the first real aggressive race that you were a part of uh, on a big track was the downright awesome modified event. Now you come to this year and you make the decision to to follow the Midwest Modifieds Tour. You go to Owasso Speedway a couple of times, a couple of Friday Night Thunder races at Birch Run, and um, you mentioned it, right? You, you said we qualified for the show on time. That was huge for us. Now you've got some wins in your back pocket this season, and that, right. one, that one car is is a contender, and I think one that guys are looking at when you're unloading it off the trailer um, how has that changed uh, your approach at the racetrack to to know? Okay, yeah, we're supposed to be here. We're good enough to be here. Uh, now we now we're expected to go and win. Right. Um, that really that really put my mindset at a good place to know. You know, the Libertas are back on asphalt, and uh, we're serious. You know, just like we always have been. Um, my composure never really changed. Um, I just feel like you know, every time I go to the track anything can happen and uh i'm gonna do my absolute best that i can and race the hardest that i can and at the end of the day that's that's all you could ask but uh then the wind and the winds will come if you work hard enough the winds the winds will be there and uh i feel like we've really just progressed so much and uh having everybody look differently at me now that we have a couple wins now and we're a really competitive car especially in, in a really old car that i am in that's i was going to ask it's, you too is is what what are you running 2006 left-hander <laughs> they did so do they just not fall off i mean you know in the dirt right if you got anything that's more than five years old even after updating right. the clips the technology is just you're out to lunch um right. does exactly. it just not fall off on the pavement um no not really it doesn't because um I mean, everyone, we run the bump stops now. 
But um, really, as far as suspension goes, we a lot of guys just really run either active or three link, and you can't change the front ends in the car because them are stock because the mods are stock clip cars, and you can't really change a lot. And the rules are really certain on what you can run for a frames. I mean, it's just there's so much you can do to a stock clip car, and then on the rear end part, um, a lot of guys like just running the three link, and because it's it's just so much more simpler. It still produces good results. They haven't really progressed. I don't really think chassis age is a really crucial thing. Um, I think the biggest thing is now is just getting your the bump stops correct and getting and having a lightweight race car. I mean, and on asphalt, that's huge. Having a lighter weight race car, and that's kind of something we're going to chase um, for future for next year is possibly having something lighter weight and just just to get everything a little bit more perfect. All right, let's talk about this progression for you in this modified 2022 on results that are available on my race pass. Your best career finish in 2022 was a third place finish uh, podium, and there wasn't a lot of them. Uh, I think you had three top five finishes in 2022, according to events that are available on my race pass. In mm-hmm. 2023, the first available the, uh, available event on my race pass is Friday, June 9th at Birch Run Speedway and Event Center, and you knock it down with a win during the Friday Night Thunder yeah. Series. What a way to start the season, huh? Oh, absolutely. That was that was really big. Uh, we went to testing, I think, a week before, two weeks before, and uh, we unloaded. We had something a little bit different in the car that we wanted to try, and we took off. And, I, and even on last year's tires, we took off. We're in the twos and the threes. And I was like, holy crap. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is something different. This is really good. Like, I knew I knew we had a really, really good race car. And I knew as long as we just kind of hit it on the hammer, it, it just, you know, hit the, hit the nail with the hammer opening night, I knew we could be competitive and have a good shot. And uh, we unloaded, qualified on the pole with a low one, the best time I ever went. And uh, now then to work my way up from 10th and drive to the field and just to show, you know, we had the fastest car on the grounds that night was a phenomenal feeling. It was better than anything I could have asked for. Well, let's so let's go a little bit further. Um, second place when you returned to Bertrand Speedway and eighth place finish at Owasso. Um, Owasso was kind of a, a I don't want to say it was a struggle for you, but. When you're unloading mm-hmm. at Owasso Speedway, man, that you're unloading weekly against some of the best in the business right now. Oh, absolutely. You got you got so many, especially with that new asphalt on the track and what Rex is doing to Owasso. You just he's drawing the best cars every week there. And the new surface is all tricky to figure out. And we we really did struggle there. And in the beginning, it was just a real struggle to kind of figure out to get the balance on the car right for that place. Cause basically to me, it's like the track isn't anything like the old Owasso used to be. I mean, it completely flipped to something different and I was just trying to relearn it. And we only put in a couple shows there because we were so busy with the tour or running this or doing that. We just got really busy and I didn't have a lot of spare time to get down on a Saturday night to Owasso. But I felt like at the end of the year there, for the Bob Finley Memorial, we got decent, and I was able to hold on to third. 
but I had a good, I had an upfront race car. I finally got it to where I thought the car was good and I was comfortable because the previous races there, the car never felt, it just didn't feel right to me. Michael, you, I want to go a different direction. You've raced against a lot of talented drivers in our region um, mm-hmm. in your first couple of years. Yeah. And, and you've covered a lot of racetracks, but take me to Winchester for the first time. Um, I love hearing everybody's opinion about Winchester the first time they get there. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, it was, it was something different. I mean, I've like, like I said, I, you know, you know, Rich, I've been in dirt late models, dirt mod- I've been in, in a lot of dirt classes. I've been in, I've raced a lot. I have never been more scared in my life on opening laps anywhere that I have. That place is just, <laughs> it is something different. What is the, I would say, I guess I would ask, what is the one thing that was the most terrifying about that? Is it the banking, the speeds, the uh, um, the other drivers, all of it combined, right. I'm sure. But what, what was the one right. thing that you were the most nervous uh, about? Just uh, going into the corners, you just drive in so deep and it feels like you're going to go in and just absolutely knock the fence down. <laughs> no, that banking rolls in and it like just pushes your whole body down into the seat and that G force that pushes you. It's just, it, it scares you a little bit because you're, when you go there, I don't care who you are, your first time there, you're not prepared for it. Cause it's just, it's that, it's that ridiculous. Well, and, we've uh, seen too with the template divisions, it's hard to get yourself to run the fast line up there. Um, I think about, I'm, I'm not picking on the kid, but I think about Evan Shotko, Rich, and all the places that he's been and has run really well. And that poor kid was two and a half grooves off of the racing groove for a long time in practice uh, because it's hard to, I mean, they tell, we've been told that they tell you as driver coaches to drive in there until you see Jesus and then go a little bit further. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, and then in a part of it, you're on the floorboard for the pretty much the whole way down and what you see that turn coming up and then you're getting, you're getting there and you're still in the floorboard. Wow. And you let off and you roll in and you get right up close to that wall. And uh, funniest thing I had my spotter that day, I was, I felt like I was driving in good enough. And he told me like, Hey, you got three more cars to go. Whoa. (laughs) Wait, you kidding me so i was like all right and i did it but i under i understood as soon as i did it why because the harder you drive it in just the more g's the more force you got on the car and the higher you get up on the track the more bites the more bite is there you just have to you just have to get to that point and feel it so you know what they're talking about you're not just like oh this guy's crazy i'm not gonna do it rich so so how long did it yeah i was gonna say how long did it take you to finally trust it and then say this is kind of fun. Uh, after my first practice session, I went out the second time and uh, I drove it. You know, they always say how many signs you drive it into turn three. Well, I started driving into the second one, then the third one, and then I drove into the fourth one and then about hit the wall. And I was like, okay, I'm good here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, good, good corner. He said, now you got to do that every time. And I'm like, really? Every time. Every time. Every time. Substantial yep. substantial male anatomy required to be good at Winchester <laughs> Speedway. <laughs> yeah. 
It sure does. It's something different. All right, so now you've got the Rookie of the Year honors. Um, talk about running with uh, the, the Midwest Modifieds Tour a little bit. Uh, their schedule in 2023 was not, I mean, it was pretty diverse, right? The first race you're able to get in, oh. uh, Berlin yeah. Raceway, then Jennerstown, Flat Rock. What a race that was. Uh, it had all the drama right. that we needed. Toledo, Owasso, Birch Run, Anderson, and then, uh, of course, the Hot Shoe 100, which was a, a you know not officially a sanctioned event. Mm-hmm. Winchester Speedway back-to-back to close out the 2023 season. Um, you guys commit to that. You end up in the top five in points, which is good enough for Rookie of the Year honors. Just kind of go through your season. And, I mean, it's one thing to run a division that you're quote-unquote new to at a home track, but it's a whole other thing to load up and hit the road with a bunch of guys and, and do it as part of a tour. So how was that for you? It was it was a really good experience. Um, we kind of had an open mind on the tour. We weren't 100% sure. And uh, the opening race at Berlin, and we were going to go down. Actually, they had Ona first, but that ended up raining out two times, but we were going to go down to Ona. Um, we kind of decided just keep an open mind. You know, if, we, if we're if we fast, we'll, we'll keep running the tour and see what we can do. And we wanted to chase some Rookie of the Year points if we were good in the first couple of races. Or so. so it went to Berlin qualified ninth or 10th I think and we ended up running eighth in that show and uh I was right behind Brian Nestor and Dennis Kraft which is really good company for my first race especially my first race on Berlin on the asphalt and uh I was like man okay we got we got potential here and uh then we went to Jennerstown and I had a really good car I just made a driver error that that was my fault and uh didn't have a great result, but um, I knew we we were we were fast enough to keep up with these guys. We we had the equipment, and I had enough as a driver, I think, to stick with the tour and be competitive and run as a top contender. And uh, that's kind of how it went for us all season. It went good. Then, uh, especially going to uh, Birch Birch Run, finishing second to Trevor Barry. Um, that was that was great. I. I uh, I wanted that one really bad, but uh, but it was it was really good. Then went to Lasso, managed to pick off the top ten, and uh, just picking off nice shows. And then Flat Rock, I I loved Flat Rock. That was one of the funnest tracks I think I've ever raced, and uh, I I really enjoyed it. It was just the tour, just the diverse races that we had throughout the year was great. You know, because we go from big track to small track, big track, small track, and just throwing different things at a driver um, and really getting the true ability out of a driver to adapt to a racetrack and get their car right for that track and make the best result was really, it was really nice. It was really a challenge, but I like taking on a challenge and it was, uh, it was definitely worth running the tour. It was great. Is there a race on that schedule where you look back and go, we probably should have won. Um, Birch run, birch run for sure. Um, my car wasn't exactly perfect. I mean, we, I mean, I got, I just got very lucky starting on the pole, drawing the one, and I had second fast time. And I was like, man, we got a really good shot at this. And uh, we took off, and I can't remember how many laps I led, but we were good. And Dad was telling me on on the radio, Trevor Barry's coming. 
like, oh, <laughs> last thing we want to hear. Last thing you ever want to hear in a modified. <laughs> yeah, especially at Birch Run. That's the last. Any, anywhere, Michael, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, I drove, I drove my butt off just trying <laughs> to keep, just trying to keep the lead. And I was burning up myself. I was just trying to stay there. Do you and, think that, uh, do, do you think that you, uh, by trying to do that, cost yourself the win or was he coming, um, was he coming regardless? I, I mean, when dad says, he okay, was, he's coming, yeah. do you drive too hard and, and totally throw away any shot you had? No, no. Our car wasn't perfect from the beginning of the race, whether I would have drove it hard or not. We were, we were tight and I couldn't get through the center and Trevor could just get through the center of the corner so much better than I could. Um, and then when I, when he got there, I raced him hard and I had, I still had quite a bit left in the car. The right rear was still there. Like I drove it hard, but I didn't blow the right rear off it completely. I was just trying to push the car harder to just see what I had. And uh, when he got next to me and drove and got around me, I'm like, well, there isn't really, I, I can't push this car any harder. Or else right. We're going to be and uh so i just i just managed and uh just made sure i just kept good pace and kept going and uh, ended up collecting a second place and uh especially i'm glad the latch ran down because david mcmanus is right behind me too and that's another name i don't want to hear right behind me <laughs> but uh yeah it was it just uh i think if we could have had our car just get through the center like it was the night i won at Birch Run, the Thunder Series show. I think if my car would have been that, I think I could have definitely had a really good chance at getting that one for sure. And I think there's one or two little things that I think we could have done and I could have walked away winning that race. But, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I'm still, I was still proud, super proud to have a second place run at that, you know, at that time. I was still very happy to have a good second place run. I got to ask you, with all the racetracks you've tried, we talked about Winchester. Zach and I were down at the All-American 400 and was there for the press conference. Midwest Modifieds Tour in April at Bristol. Does, do you, are you going to put that on your schedule? We're kind of open-minded. We're not too sure right now. Um, oh, we come might, on. Yeah. You just asked got, him if he was going to get an outlaw car. So, I mean, maybe that's why they're open-minded. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, we're not really... We're not really getting into it too harsh yet as um, up north, you know, us deer hunters, we got to do a little bit of our deer hunting first and then we'll get to it. But uh, um, we're, we're thinking about it. We will see. Um, I'm not completely sold on any race yet, but I, I haven't thought about my schedule yet. I haven't really put a ton of thought into it. Does, does but, Bristol interest you? Yes, it does. I do have interest in going. If you can run the high banks at Winchester, I think you can run the, the high banks at uh, Bristol, Tennessee. So, uh, that's, I think it's too. I, you're exactly right. Rich and I were talking about that last week. I think it may have been a part of the show or it was off the show um, about, you know, is, is Bristol, because you talk about the stock front suspension on these modifieds, and then you talk about going to Winchester and, and breaking ball joints and spindles, and, and then boom, you got a right. tore up race car, a totaled race car. Um, oh, yeah. Is it, would, would it be more, would it be, would it be worse or better to go to Bristol? And uh, I think that we decided, well, probably it would, it'd be a little bit better to go to Bristol. It probably wouldn't be as hard on equipment. Right. Yeah. Cause well, that's, I don't know. Um, as far as banking wise. Yeah. I think it would, 
I think it'd be about the same, a little less, just because it's smoother, doesn't have as much bumps in it. But I mean, you're still hauling mail anyways. I mean, any sort of speed, like Winchester, Bristol, or even, you know, you go to Toledo or Jennerstown, any of the big half miles like that. Well, all of them. Yeah. And, and you, know, you, you know what else is on the 2024 Midwest Modifieds Tour schedule? We, we talked about this earlier in the show. Yep. Salem Speedway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's another one, right? Toledo. Another, yeah. And I just watched, I'd never heard of Salem before, and then I just pulled up a video, and uh, I seen it's like an almost like you like Winchester. You're on the high side up against yep. the wall is what it looked like. I was like, holy crap. Another one. And thank God they put a little bit of fresh asphalt down on Salem because that place was, uh, you'd have felt like you were back at Merritt on a bad night. Oh, oh no. (laughs) That wouldn't be no good. (laughs) Michael, um, thanks for coming on tonight, man. Uh, Congratulations on your Rookie of the Year for the Midwest Modifieds Tour in 2023. Um, Now we're going to give your your chance to uh, give a shout-out to the people on that race car and everybody that helps you get up and down the road. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd like to thank, um, first of all, my grandpa and dad. They were tremendously hard to uh, give me good equipment and just the best that we have. And uh, working hard every weekend, week out on the car, I couldn't, I couldn't have any better of a mentor than my dad and my grandpa. And, uh, and my sponsors, Stein Seed, Performance Engineering Racing Engines, uh, Wendling Sheet Metal, East Wind Spray Foam, and Saginaw Welding Supply, Outdoor Adventures, RV Resorts, and uh, all my family, my entire family. They all support me, and uh, we all we all like to have a good time on a Friday, Saturday night at the racetrack, and I uh, couldn't be more thankful. Michael, man, we appreciate you making time. And uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up to you was there's got to be a reason that car looks very much like the Honolulu Blue. Uh, you got your Rookie of the Year taken care of, so now we'll just wait for our Lions to get the rest of it handled. Does that sound like a plan? Oh, absolutely. That sounds great. <laughs> Michael, man, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, good to talk with uh, you know, and, and catch up with. It's been a while. First time that we've talked to Mike Liberta Jr. Um, you know, you you talked about the connection to that family, four generations strong now of racing in our area. Listen, this interview has been one that's been on our radar for quite some time. The timing just has never worked out. And uh, good job by by Michael to get that Rookie of the Year honor this year and to be able to come on the show. And I, I thought it was interesting, Rich. They said, you know what? We were just spending way too much money and not having enough fun, and it was time to get back to the asphalt, and we we needed to be competitive, and we were. That's quick turnaround, Rich, to be as competitive as they were right off the bat. Exactly. And and I had talked to his dad, Mike, when they were getting rid of the late model. And he just said, it's just too much. I mean, it's just too much for, for just them that are working on this thing, you know. And, um, boy, it wasn't a mistake what they did when they, you know, went from the late model to the modified and then and then jumped over to the pavement. Uh, seems like they're going in the right direction. Um Michael Liberta Jr. has got a lot of family history on the pavement, so he's not alone. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for our program tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Again, thanks to Mike Liberta Jr. and to, um, uh, of course, Mark Shook for joining us on the program. Upcoming calendar, uh, what are we going to be talking about? Well, here soon we're going to be talking about, obviously, the Snowball Derby. We'll be talking about St. Louis a little bit more and 
Uh, we'll be talking about Fort Wayne. Uh, that's coming up here in just a little bit over a month as well, Rich. So uh, we're going to have some racing back in our area very soon. And I'm pretty sure Great Lakes Super Sprints are going to be working with officials up north to try to do some ice racing again this year. Um, so you'll have some opportunity here over the next couple of months. You just might have to work for it a little bit. Yeah, we just act, we, we're right in a little slot here where we have a couple of week break where, Zach, we kind of get to breathe a little bit, right? It's weird. And then, and then in December... It's going to crank right up again. For yeah. In December, it's going to crank up. Isn't we that get weird? to run right through December. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, January, CRA Awards Banquet, followed directly by the uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Awards Banquet and Speed Fest followed 2024. By, yeah, followed by Speed Fest. Yep, I was just going to say that. So, so um, yeah. And then February, next- season six, Speed Weeks, March. Uh, hell, by March, we're back in it. So these next two weeks are, are off season. And. In the, of the off season, you'll still that's find episodes yeah, of horsepower happenings, right? <laughs> that's so we, we really uh, don't take any time off, but it'll be a lot of fun. So again, thanks to Mark Shook, thanks to Michael Berger Jr., uh, thanks to Scott Little Pace the Bills, Rich France, my co-host. Uh, I'm Zach Heiser, having a, a uh, wishing you a fantastic week. And oh, by the way, I almost forgot. Happy Veterans Day, Rich. Uh, thank you so much for, for your service to our country. We missed that last week prior to Veterans Day, so thank you for that. Thank you. All right, that'll do it. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.